This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside Beautiful play That is that What a good shot Oh my goodness Oh my goodness Oh post for Shearer Goal Seeing Hosanna as Clem Morfuni replaces the man who turns Swindon Town into a League One, League Two yo-yo side. Goodbye, Lee Power. For this busy pod, I'm joined by two trust board members, Dan and Terry. Gentlemen, I guess this would be the best time on behalf of the listeners and contributors to the pod to thank you and your trust colleagues, including our very own James, for all your endeavours throughout this period. Well done, chaps. Dan, you feeling good? Well, yeah, feeling triumphant and um, yeah, very humbling. Thank you, Rich, and you're very welcome, fan base. We're really doing it for ourselves because we, <laughs> we, we're Swindon fans too. <laughs> and Terry, how are you feeling? Yeah, pretty good, Rich. Um, as far as 24 hours goes, Swindon fans, after the shite we've been dealing with for the last um, few months slash years, this is... This is uh, refreshing and I just there's, there's so much pent-up enthusiasm and and um, excitement in the in the fan base now I just I'm just fascinated to see how the next couple of weeks plays out and you know um, Connor and I have already got our uh, train tickets booked for the first LS pod on tour for Scunny away and yeah I mean bring it on it's just gonna, it's just it's just gonna be nice to get back to being a football fan talking about football things rather than supporting a QC which is um, not something that I ever thought I would do. And with regards to the trust stuff, <clears throat> you know, I 
I, I simply reached out to reached out to Dan and the rest of the trust mem- board members eight, nine months ago and just said, look, if I can help, I can help. And I think Dan hit the nail on the head. We're, we're doing it for ourselves more than anything else. Do you know what I mean? Like we, we, we just want to be football fans. <laughs> like the trust just want to be a community group that does nice things for, for nice people and, and hold the club to account if they step out of line. They don't want to be bloody dialing into court cases and all that nonsense. So no, we're all we're all equally as excited to just get back to being football fans, I think. I think so. And I'm just excited to also welcome Connor. Um not a trust member, but ever trusted. Oh, How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm glad that I'm trusted. I mean, I've not pulled my weight one bit in the last sort of few <laughs> months. Have I? I mean, I've relinquished the hosting for, for this evening as well. I'm just sat here. Just enjoying myself, pretending I've got like a, a nice drink in, in in the hot weather and that I'm in, I don't know, somewhere hot. Well, I am somewhere hot, but like somewhere hotter than you'd typically think Southampton would be. And I mean, the holiday mood is really ramped up with with some good news that, you know, I'm not, unfor- I'm, unfortunately, I'm, I, I can't take credit for, but I will still enjoy it. That was classic, Connor. That was a mm. whirlwind. Connor, question. Um, which one of Terry or Dan do we think didn't know that Clem Morfuni was in the country? Ooh. That's a big question. I, I don't really want to answer this on the record. <laughs> um, I've just got too much respect for it. Shall we say James? Yeah. So we're going to go with James. Yeah, blame him. He's, he's not here to. Yeah, he's not here to. Himself. Exactly. There we go. It Sorry, was all going. It was all <laughs> You blame the Welshman. Always blame. I'm sure Joe was involved in it somewhere, the great conspiracy. Okay, well, let's let's get stuck in and start with the most important news of the week. Era-defining stuff, really. Swindon Supermarine 2, Swindon Town (laughs) 3. The Swindon Town 8 were joined by a host of trialists, including uh, friends of the pod, Anthony Grant and Tommy Suter, plus former Villa and Carlisle player Harry McCurdy, who scored two of the three goals that ensured a victory for the one team in Swindon. Connor and Dan were both there. Let's let's get this out of the way because there really is no place for this game. It was a, it was an odd one because, I mean, to get this game on was a minor miracle. They were scrambling for names on this. I think, you know, a lot of excitement, and we'll talk about Anthony Grant in a minute, but I think he was just doing a favour for the club by turning up. Um, we'll start with Dan. What were your thoughts? Uh, well, firstly, very enjoyable, friendly. It was a landmark for me and my boy. His first ever proper football game, so I'll remember it for a long time to come. Um, it felt like the sort of first week of July friendly in a normal pre-season, where the first half side has a couple of first-teamers and lots of you know, exotic trialists with funky names, and you're trying to work out who's who. Except in a normal pre-season... Most of your first team comes on in the second half <clears throat> and you wallop Supermarine 7-2 or something. But uh, yeah, in, in this case, um, the hodgepodge nature of the uh, the town squad uh, came out in, uh, in the second half. The, the side got a bit worse, but I think a few of the trialists um, can hold their head very high. I, I like the centre-half from Bournemouth. Um, comes highly recommended by Mrs. Garrett. Um, he looks like John Stones. And he was nice and composed at the back, albeit only against my cousin's boyfriend, Connor McDonough, who uh, did not score. <laughs> what so. a name. Yeah, what a name. Um, so family rights uh, insured. Um, 
And yeah, Harry McCurdy, you couldn't really ignore him. He, well, we knew he was quite a good player anyway. He's had a couple of good games against town uh, back in the Vitsy Wellens League Two season. Um, and he looked sharp, tricky, took his two goals beautifully. So I think, you know, McCurdy probably comes out with the trialist honours. And uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to read much more into it than that. Um, given the events of the last 12 hours. Not important compared to this friendly. Do we know who the Bournemouth John Stones was? It's um, Corey Jordan, wasn't it? Corey, yeah, Corey Jordan. Corey Jordan. There we go. Okay. Connor, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, a few things. It's just a really, really nice evening, not just seeing Dan in the flesh, which was hey. obviously the highlight of the week for me so far, at least. I guess it's only Wednesday, so it's still room for it to pick up a little bit, but, you know, good start. Um wow. <laughs> I mean, obviously just a lovely evening in terms of the weather, in terms of sort of the general mood around us as fans um, with the news that happened in sort of mid-afternoon. And that kind of is what pushed me to like definitely go after like days of trying to think, should I or should I not go? Um, so that was brilliant. I quite enjoyed pre-game when sort of Clem Morfuni emerged from uh, the clubhouse um, and did what I thought was him doing a lap of honour because people were just like clapping him as he walked past. Um, and he ended up, I think, taking up his spot. Um, so thankfully, uh, he, he didn't walk past me after I dropped a hot dog down myself. So that was a, a big highlight. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, a couple of the trialists looked pretty good. Um, obviously, um, Dan mentioned uh, Corey Jordan. Um, I can't, can't work out if he is still at Bournemouth or not, uh, or if he's just been released. But whatever the case, he looked pretty solid, obviously, pre-season. Caveats of who we're playing and all that kind of thing. But um, yeah, he... He'll be an interesting one to see if we sort of keep him for, for Saturday um, into that game. Um, I quite like the look of Bruno Tavares uh, when he came on for the second half. Um, Harry McCurdy obviously caught the headlines as well. Um, and you know, I'd, I'd love to see Anthony Grant back. So there are a few trialists in there. I don't know how sort of seriously uh, they're being looked at or if, like you say, they're just sort of a scramble for bodies. But um, from a footballing side of things, it was an enjoyable evening. Um, you know, the goals were all pretty nice. Harry Parsons looked pretty good um, as well. I think he was involved in all of the goals, scored one, created two. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just a really, really good uh, sort of start to start to proceedings um, for the Clem Morfini era. And let me just, I mean, this is probably likely to change on Saturday, but 100% win ratio under Clem Morfini. So you can't argue with those numbers. I'm not arguing with those numbers at all. And I was going to ask, how did the actual players, the contracted players, get along? But Harry Parsons was the standout. I think so, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of hard for like someone like uh, Baudry or Hunt or Iandolo, I guess, in the defensive areas to kind of stand out. Wallacott didn't have much to do while he was on. Um, Payne, was pretty good. Payne, yeah. I mean, yeah. like you'd expect, you're kind of burrowing away um, from from what I could see. Um, and then I guess that was that was kind of it, wasn't it? I can't remember um, any of the other contracted players off the top of my head. Yeah, I think I think Lydon was supposed to play. Uh, he walked past us, um, yeah, chatting up. to a few fans, saying he had a tight muscle. So uh, sitting it out as a precaution. The players that did play have got at least a half in in the tank. A lot of them, I think, got up to about an hour as well. So you know, from that side, it's good signs. We we they're all known quantities for us. So I think it's kind of. Um, Obviously, we're going to have a look at the the players we don't know, um, even if actually that could potentially be the only game they ever play in a Swindon shirt. 
Lovely. Okay. Well, let's let's move on from preseason friendlies. Next up is Weymouth at the weekend, and that brings us uh, to the exit of one Lee Power, and and things started moving quite quickly, Terry, when BBC Wiltshire Sport released a a tweet which surprised a lot of people. Really, I mean, it, it said that they understand that Swindon Town is under new ownership. Shares have been transferred from outgoing chairman Lee Power after a lengthy takeover battle but there was a lot of doubt as, as to what was going on because it, it kind of gave that impression this was very much from the power side feeding the information to the BBC yeah I think we 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 all know that um Lee Power is uh Sean's secret source <laughs> so when it was only announced by BBC Wiltshire and at that at that stage the trust position hadn't changed. We knew it was coming, but we didn't know when. Um, it was easy to 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 be super cynical and just say, "Is this is this the greatest final act from from a from a, a criminal mastermind?" Um, <laughs> who knows? But um, yeah, I mean, it, it then it then sort of obviously moved very quickly, and um, it, it got out pretty quickly that Clem was going to be be a super last night, and I think from from there on, it was from from then it was a sort of snowballing effect to to, to the to the the duo of statements that we've that we've all enjoyed this afternoon. And um, to, to be frank, I'm just I'm just glad it's over. Um, I'm I'm glad it, it's happened now. Every day now is 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 vital going going into the season. Um, if it happened two weeks ago, we'd be in a significantly better position. But three or four days later, we would be even even more up against it than we are. So, look, the, the, it's almost like the easy bit's done now, and, and and the hard bit the hard bit really starts. And I think I think I'm sure Clem knows that, and I'm sure whoever he puts in position as CEO and 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 the footballing side that, that he's announced this afternoon all know that. And and now it's just. All wheels to the pump to get all of those big, big things that that clubs spend three, four, five months planning over a over a, over a close season done in a week. You know, there's 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 a lot to do. So, I think patience um, and backing and enthusiasm are three things that we're that that are not going to be in short supply with the fan base, but are, are also going to be needed. I think I think that's probably the key thing. And sticking with you, Terry, and this is. By and large, a, a celebratory uh, podcast, but I do want to stay with Power at the moment. How how much time do you think he's going to give us as fans, as a you know, and the football club before he starts his next offensive, so to speak? Because he's not going away, is he? He's, he's no longer the owner, which is the most important thing. We can function again as a football club, and we can start, as, as mentioned over and over again, we can start being football fans again and enjoying matches signings management etc but how long how long before it all it all goes again i mean there, there's no there's no motivation for lee power to wait he's not going to just just chill as like you know out, out of the goodness of his heart there's there's some court cases coming in september he is still under investigation by both the fa and the efl i thought it was quite quite a pointed comment in the efl statement saying that they will continue to investigate the the uh, the previous ownership of the club so you know the investigations aren't going away. Um, the FA investigation isn't going away, and also Lee Powers' um, financial uh, connections with this club aren't going away anytime soon. In terms of the money that we may or may not owe him, 
the the silver lining, if you will, is that they're almost they can now be secondary. They can now happen in the background. They don't impact the day to day experience of Swindon fans, and I think that's really important. I think you know we obviously we, we do the podcast. Dan and I involved in the trust. We're all as a group of people super super interested in everything that happens at, at this club but lots of people aren't lots of people do just want to be football fans and if Lee Power comes back to settle some debentures or lays claim to some debt that Clem Morfuni says he does he he isn't owed or the training ground at Highworth gets complicated these are all things that may or may not happen and they are things that will take up time and potentially money from Clem and whoever Clem's uh, leadership team are but they don't affect the day-to-day experience of Swindon fans and that's probably the most important point yeah yeah Dan anything to add to that um, yeah I suppose you know we've got to be realistic there will be skeletons in the closet um, financial and maybe um, sort of in the form of penalties Um fines or points deductions let's hope not I think the trust position remains that we lobby hard for the FA and the EFL to punish the individuals um, the perpetrators rather than the club and therefore the fans Mm. Um, and and do you include Michael Standing in that well that isn't going away clearly is it Um, because if Standing wins the court case in September then he has a claim to half of Lee Power's half that he's just transferred to Clem Morfuni. And as much goodwill as we understand there is between Clem Morfuni and Michael Standing, and previous comments about Michael Standing, uh, standing aside, excuse the pun, um, you know, that could yet sting the club. So I suppose um, whilst things are feeling hyper positive right now, you know, maybe our minimum aim this season isn't to get to 50 points. Instead, maybe it is to get to, to 60 points um, to cover a potential points penalty. Maybe that's extreme. Maybe I'm overly worrying there. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think no. I, I, will just, I will say that is, it, it would be extraordinary if we, would, if we were, if we were um, deducted points. The FA will not deduct points. That's, it's not mm-hmm. in their remit. The, only the EFL can do that. Um, and as far as I'm aware, the club aren't under investigation by the EFL. Um, they are looking at the pre. They they said they will continue to look at the previous ownership, but we've not been charged by anything by the EFL outside of the general sort of charge sheet around not paying people and and not paying your HMRC doesn't end up in a points deduction. So I think no. I think let let's let's let let's not assume the worst on that. No, no. I mean, maybe I'm just too much of a Swindon fan. It just it feels too positive. Um, but no, the overall feeling this week for me is one of liberation, yes. one of having that massive weight taken off your shoulders um, and just, yeah, smiling. Like, let's start dreaming about signings and we've already got a managerial appointment. It's, it's a fantastic day. It's been a fantastic couple of days to be a Sunday Town fan and we mustn't really detract from that. No, but I mean, as you will completely understand, we've got to talk about it. But let's yeah. talk Clem Morfuni. So the the official website um, published a statement 
from Morfuni on the 21st of July. If I read it in full, then this episode would be classed as an audio book. Um, but it's real stirring stuff, a real open goal um, for wooing the fans. Um, key points that I've noted, um, and I'll be going to you, Connor, um, for your reactions straight after this. So Zav Austin, who is a former non-executive director from the Lee Power era, of Swindon Town, he will sit on the advisory board alongside the CEO, Don Rogers, and the fan representatives. And his his being Clem and Clem's minimum aims are to build a sustainable championship club. There it is. There's there's the championship thing. Uh, to own a 50-50 uh, county ground with the fans, to very significantly improve and fully modernize the county ground. Yes, please. To find and fully develop our own training ground, yes, please, to have the best academy outside the Premier League, yes, please, to have a young first team with high-quality players and have come through the academy, big yes, please, Uh, to have a fan base that is growing and where as many as possible of children in the town and surrounding communities are Swindon Town fans and their heroes are Swindon Town players. You know... It was pretty impressive stuff, wasn't it, Connor? Yeah, and the fact is, we know that Clem Morfini is a football fan. Um, he claims he's the biggest football fan in the world um, in, in that piece. Um, so it, it's no surprise that he knows what football fans sort of want the club to be doing, what we want to hear. Um, all of those things, I'm just like, oh, brilliant. If if like we get most of the way to like some of those things, then... We're in for a good ride, hopefully. Um, so it's it's one of those things where I was just really glad to see sort of a lot of information being put out after obviously you know the, the interviews that he did with yourself uh, with the with um, the official supporters club with um, BBC Wiltshire as well a couple of months ago. Um, he was quite honest and open then, I thought. Um, but in the interim between then, we've not really heard a huge amount from him and. Um, I guess it was kind of frustrating with the the vacuum um, sort of of information coming out of the club. We just didn't really know what was going on. So it's great to hear as soon as he's kind of been able to sort of get his foot in the door, he's he's come to us and given us a lot of information at the first possible opportunity. And um, we've got what we can sort of, we've got our yardstick for judging how he is as owner because we know what his minimum aims are now. So Fantastic from that side. I really like the fact that he also brought up that he's aware that we're in a difficult situation at present um, and that there's going to be a lot of tough times ahead. Um, You know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows at this point. There's going to be a lot of tough work in the coming weeks. And in many ways, like what happens now is the foundation for anything that that sort of comes um, sort of in the next sort of few years, really. So, I mean, I I guess it's kind of like if you build the foundation correctly, then you know, maybe this season's not going to be the most amazing on the pitch um, of all. But, you know, if we get things right, we can stay in the Football League. We can build a decent squad and um, hopefully for years to come, we can sort of continue to have a crack. And that that that's all I want. And fingers crossed, it all works out well. But I mean, the, the, it's a long statement, but there's a lot to like about it. Yeah. Dan, when, when I spoke to Clem Morfuni, I got the impression that, yes, he is a huge football fan, but he is 
a huge football fan of elite football. He knew his stuff in terms of the big hitters. So what impressed me about this mission statement, other than the fact that there's no bloody timescales to it, which is great, um, is, is the fact that he's clearly been listening to people. So whoever is sort of in his ear as an advisor, what have you, some of these goals here are very low level, low league, common sense stuff, but realistic. The championship one, I can take and leave, you know, whatever. If we get to the championship one day again, brilliant. But the others are hugely important for our future, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. And I was scribbling away before we started recording, just had a second read through some of the stuff in there. It's really important to me. So lovely statement there about, you know, having come last in the fan engagement table and wanting to come first. Well, absolutely. Like that is one area of the club, which, you know, has been bottom rate and is a really easy thing to fix. So that's a big tick for me. Um, One thing we've heard over and over again, you know, and like a, like a good politician, you know, they, they hammer home the same points over and over again in the sort of media interviews around full transparency of the financial position at all times. And that's an easy one to hold into account to because the second he doesn't uh, show transparency, then, you know, he's, he's broken that promise. And as a trust, you know, we're going to be looking to, to hold into that. Um, sustainable championship, fear. again, I think for me and you, and others, you know, that's not do or die, like you say. Um, yeah. There are clubs who are good examples to Swindon, clubs like Rotherham, clubs like Luton, who, you know, especially Luton, when you consider their disadvantages of where they play and how many people they can fit in the ground, but they've done tremendously well as a club. So I don't think that is a silly ambition. That's probably a, a five-year ambition, I'd hope, um, if we're going to be five looking years. to do things sustainably but you know not not the five-year statement <laughs> no that was me saying that not Clem. but yeah you know entirely <laughs> sensible things five years <laughs> well if i'm still on the pod in five years you can uh, bring that back up <laughs> but so uh, you know um i think there's an acknowledgement there that we won't be having a training ground in highworth which is uh it's good because that cuts lead power sort of further out the uh equation um best academy outside the prem that's gonna cost a lot of money but it's it's a stretch target, as we'd call it at work. Um, and, yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff around owning the county ground 50-50 with the fans. Yeah, a lot of the actual mechanics of that deal are, you know, have already been put in place with the council, the club and the trust. Uh, we've written all the documentation so that it's owner agnostic, so it can be used with whoever is the custodian, as a clem word, um, of Swindon Town Football Club. So I think... This first year or two may be about clearing up the mess, um, working out exactly what the financial position is, trying to find a few of those skeletons. But years three, four and five and six and seven could be very exciting. Um, you know, he's a man who likes his plumbing, but you know, he's used the word infrastructure a few times. And the other encouraging thing, he seems to be listening to football people rather than trying to wing it himself. So it seems like the, the Ben Garner appointment was quite a Ben Chorley uh, recommended thing. And I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to that. But no, um, an extremely positive statement, which, you know, I've seen a lot of DMs. I've seen a lot of tweets. Like people are really roused, roused by it. And that's, that's exactly what we needed today. 100%. Terry, anything 
to add from the statement from yourself? Uh, three small things. I think um, I really like the line, it's going to take good strategic planning. I think that's something that we lacked as a club. Probably the, the entirety of Lee Powell's reign is any sort of strategic planning. So yes to that. Let's see Let's see some of that in in, uh, in motion. I think it's really important. Like They are quite lofty ambitions, certainly some of them. But then the, the, set, the sentence right after that is that he knows we're a million miles away. And I think awareness, like like self-awareness and um, pragmatism are two really gonna gonna be two really, really important traits that that um he's gonna need if if we if he's gonna have a, a really successful time in charge of this club. And then I just I just also really enjoy the the quite petty, um poorly veiled digs at power as well. Um <laughs> particularly one being my aim isn't to use the club as a vehicle to pay for my lifestyle. Um <laughs> And the other one, you know, on the, even on the training ground, it's it's to find and fully develop our own training ground. It's not just to fully develop. It's not to have our training ground. We're going to find it because that it doesn't exist. There, there is no training ground. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed those little uh, those little sort of pointed barbs as well. Cool, uh, Connor scrutiny. So you know, I'm not anti Clem Wolfuni in any way, shape, or form. But as a long-standing fan of Swindon Town, I, I can you know, pop open the champagne just yet. I will judge Clem Morfuni on what happens from pretty much this day onwards. Um, I mean, is that fair? I mean, my the statement I'm going with is that Clem Morfuni will be the most scrutinised owner that Swindon Town have ever had. And it's nothing personal, but it just has to be after the last seven years, especially the last two or three. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, I think it is fair and I think it's it's just a statement of fact, really, that sort of whoever comes in now is going to be looked at through the prism of Lee Power almost. And, you know, I think all of us pretty much, you know, there's the odd person here or there that probably isn't, but we're all pretty much happy that Lee Power's gone. Mm-hmm. I think after the statements, most people are impressed with what Morfini says and the difficulty maybe for, for some people is that you know, we've, we've heard people talk a good game before and it's not quite happened. So what we really want to judge him on is actions. There's not really a track record in a footballing sense that we can look at, but it's not really his fault that he's, he's, he's not got one. So everything he does now is going to be building that up and hopefully it can all be a positive kind of thing. You know, the initial statements since he's sort of been in the job, the, the two, I mean, the tone of communication is, is a huge improvement straight away. Um, you know that it's a statement of intent to sort of sort out the management situation right away, um, and you know we're gonna we're gonna have so many sort of difficult. There's gonna be so many difficult decisions to make in the next few months that you know hopefully we'll get sort of a little bit more of an idea about what he's actually about when he's actually in the job quite quickly. Um, but yeah, I think it's one of those things where yeah, it's it, it's good to be skeptical, um, but I think. You know, ben- benefit of the doubt. You know, so far he he seems to have done the right thing, and um, you know, yeah, I think I think I think it's one of those things where at the moment we're all just happy that sort of the ownership has changed and things can begin to look more more sort of uh, 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 positive. But uh, you know, like like I've said a million times already, you know, tough times are going to be ahead, and uh, fingers crossed that um, you know Clem and uh, his management team and. Um, you know the 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 backroom team at the club are going to be the right people to deal with, with everything that comes that way because you know if they are then brilliant we're hopefully set up for sort of a good a good ride. Hello, I'm Anthony Grant, and you're listening to the Loathed Strangers podcast. Gentlemen, 
Shall we talk about football operations? <laughs> yes, we can talk about football. Um, other than, you know, smashing Swindon Supermarine um, 3-2. So lots of stuff coming through um, shortly after that Clem Wolfuni statement just before 5.30. Um, the club smashing tradition after five o'clock and not even in a rounded time. Crazy wild days. Um, so we got confirmation of things that we, we pretty much had an inkling would happen. And that was Ben Chorley um, was returning to the club as director of football. Um, we assume that he represents Michael Standing in all this, um, but he was chief scout at the club before leaving. Um, head coach is what they're going for, as explained in a very well-written, I thought, um, explanation on the website of why they've made these decisions. We might discuss why they had to explain it in a bit more depth in a moment, but Ben Garner is the head coach, hugely respected um, from his time at Crystal Palace and then West Brom, and more recently, um, an unsuccessful set spell, shall we say, with Bristol Rovers. His assistant heads, Scott Marshall, he's a former Scotland under-21 who predominantly played for Arsenal and Brentford. Since retiring, he's coached under Paul Lambert at Wickham, I think Norwich and Aston Villa, along with some development coaching experience with our old pals, Reading. Scott Lindsay is back. He used to be our under-18 manager um, up until about four or five years ago under Mark Cooper before he left to join him at Forest Green Rovers, where he was assistant. Until recently, he was manager of Chatham Town. Steve Mildenhall has kept his job which is good. And Lee Peacock, we assume, has gone back into the youth team. So we'll start, Terry, with this. And, and let's get this bit out of the way, because I've got to be honest, and when I read out the listeners' contributions, I'm really happy, generally, with the reaction of Swindon fans for the appointment of Ben Garner. Um, because, as I said to Connor off mic, if this appointment was made in May, then it would have been met with absolute fury, for his Bristol Rovers spell alone, where he arrived in December 2019 with Rovers in fourth place in League One. And by the time he left, 11 months later, they were relegation fodder before Joey Barton finished the job alongside uh, Paul Tisdale before that. Friend of the pod, Gavin Brown, observes, when your main concern is whether the new manager or head coach is the right appointment, it suddenly feels like supporting a normal club again, which is wonderful. And I think that is the key thing here. I was, when when we saw that he was number one in the bookies lists, I was expecting real angry anarchy. I didn't read the room. People are generally like, all right, let's see how he does. Let's give him in the benefit of the doubt. And then the statement really helped that that thought process along, didn't it? Yeah, I think this, this, Clem's opening statement has got so much great content in it. It just needed a good copywriter to knock it around a bit. And I think I think he found one in the 15 minutes between the two statements because the second one is is bang on in terms of messaging. And um, look, I think what I will say on Ben Garner is I'm not going to judge a man's 17-year career on nine months that over, that, that happened during a global pandemic and also happened at a club that is a complete basket case, you know. Um, do not forget that that club finished below us last year and Bengana left them in, what, October, November? Um, there was a lot wrong at Bristol Rovers as well as Bengana's performance as manager. So 
I think I think look, I'm going to look at the other 16 years and three months of his, of his career and say that this is exactly the sort of appointment I would want to see in this structure. I think the structure is the important part. He isn't going to come in and be a manager. He's not going to be doing recruitment. He's not going to be thinking about the new training ground. He's not going to be probably not sort of going to be line managing things like strength and conditioning coaches and physios. Um, all of that will be will be Ben Chorley. And and you cannot sniff at Ben Garner's coaching pedigree. This is a guy who has been coaching at, at, at the top top level of, of football in this country for a generation. You know, he he's very highly regarded. It'd be fascinating to see how it how it goes. It's exactly the sort of modern forward thinking structure I want us to have. I couldn't think of anything worse. You know, I, I, I appreciate I'm an outlier here, but I can't think of anything worse than than us announcing Ian Holloway or Paul Tisdale mm. today. Or, you know, it would just be a kick. It would just be rewinding 10 years again. And I'm fed up of following this club and us being 15 years behind the times. Um, this is exactly the sort of appointment we should be making and exactly the structure we should be having. Yeah, Dan... People that are associated with Ben Garner, um, I'm afraid I've Wikipedia'd this um, with with no shame at all. So the the big names that he's been involved with in his career: Aaron Wan-Bissaka, Victor Moses, Victor Moses, Nathaniel Klein, Wilfred Zaha, uh, Sean Scannell, Johnny Williams, and John Bostock. Some some real talents there. And you know if he can if he can find some of those in Wiltshire <coughs> or even pull them in from London. Um, we'll be doing just fine, right? Yeah, it, um, it's an appointment that fits the ethos. Um, I think Terry just did a, a wonderful job there of actually making a case for Ben Garner. I think my gut instinct was oh, Ben Garner. But um, like I say, in a modern structure, without the strains and stresses and responsibilities of having to necessarily recruit, I'm sure he's going to have a voice in recruitment, but if his main job is to coach the players that are put in front of him and win football games on a Saturday, then yeah, give him a crack. I think I think this year is going to be a difficult year anyway. What I hope doesn't happen in the fan base, um, you know, if we are having a bit of a sticky season, I, I think it's pointless giving Ben Garner six months. Um, you know, with this type of appointment, you need to actually give it time to let it run, which, um, you know, could be a little bit uncomfortable in the middle of the season if things aren't going swimmingly. Um, I hope they are. Um, I'm going to get behind him. I, th- I think there's such a groundswell of positivity at the club just right now anyway. I think that has turned it into a, you know, let's give it a go. Let's get behind him. I think the club needs unity. And I, I think, the actual, you know, the numbers of fans who will hopefully return to the club and buy season tickets, you know, this is a fantastic job for Ben Garner to take on. You've got a club here at the bottom of its natural cycle, you know, with new ownership. Um, I mean, you may be replaying this in May. I hope not, but you know, <laughs> the only way is up. Hopefully, for Swindon Town from here. Um, so, you know, a fantastic opportunity for Ben Garner and Ben Chorley too, who. You know, in footballing terms, was previously a a chief scout. This is also a big step up job for uh, for Ben Chorley too. Do we do we know the players that he brought into Swindon? 
Does anyone know? Well, I know, I know that he, I know that he was um, credited with a, an awareness of DJ. Yeah. Um, when DJ was at Dulwich, I think before he went before that he will do. Um, <laughs> that so will hey, do. one from one. Let's just let's just stop there. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that'll do just fine. Um, Connor, and it also looking at you know his coaching staff. This seems to be, you know, very driven towards development as as what Clem's mission mission statement was, especially Scott Marshall, who's you know worked in the Norwich Academy, who you know few years after he left there they they were winning like the under 18s and things like that so you know it's a good setup and he's worked at Villa and Reading too and Reading I mean we're almost certainly going to get some former Reading kids come in like um Odomeo um from last year I, do you think the sort of targets we're going to see or the sort of players that we're going to see are going to be like your 21 22 year old players filtering out the academies uh you'd imagine there's going to be sort of um like a, a large part of that, you know, hopefully with those kind of names, there's like links to get sort of good loan players in as well for this season. Um, so a mixture of those kind of things. You you, you got to think if you're like a, a youth player at Swindon on the cusp of the first team, then this is a really exciting development because a lot of those guys, have, like you say, have got track records of sort of developing players. And if they're already there and in the building, then, you know, for, for someone like Harry Parsons, who obviously we mentioned earlier, sort of looked pretty good in, in that friendly. You know, there's there's still like a big step to make up to League Two level from from, from mm-hmm. doing some, some good stuff in a preseason friendly. But, you know, maybe these guys are sort of what you need to get the crack of the whip to do that. And it would be really good, you know, after kind of Scotch Wine last year had his breakout season, if one, two, three of the guys in the academy at the moment can be given a chance at least because it's one of the main things we've been complaining about for ages and, Clearly, there are players there, so um, it would be really, really good to get see them get a chance. And you know, I, f- I think at this point as well, you know, there's probably sort of a little bit of experience that's needed as well. So, I mean, from from the statement, I read it as you know, we, we're going to skew young um, and have a slightly younger team than than before. Um, but uh, at the same time, you know, they're going to be open to sort of bringing in the right players if possible. And you know, I think the thing that really impressed me about the second statement and I mean, my hot take is that it's the better of the two is sort of his talking about continuity and um, speaking to like what what Dan said about, you know, you don't want to give Ben Garner just six months to to try it. You know, I think the the good thing about having this um, kind of setup is the the most important appointment probably is Ben Chorley because he's going to define like probably the footballing direction of the club on a day to day basis. so we, we need to hope that he's he's getting everything right at the moment. Um, but, you know, if if Garner's to leave in a positive or a negative sense, then hopefully it's a culture that we can build in the club that can sort of continue with the next guy and the guy after that. Um, and the fact that that's been sort of spoken to um, sort of immediately in the statement, you know, makes me think, fingers crossed, you know, we're going to get it right this time. Um, you know, it, it it could be an experiment in terms of the manager that, that doesn't work, but um, you know, I, I really hope it does. I mean, I was I was not so enthusiastic about this this morning. I kind of talked myself around it uh, a, a little bit more throughout the day, and uh, yeah, I'm just really excited to see to see what they do because um, you know, I think I think there have been a few kind of Luke Williams comparisons in terms of like maybe he's a really good coach that just maybe is not like a figurehead and potentially. 
this kind of setup is where he might may come into his own in terms of you know, being able to do the coaching, but there are other people to sort of do the talking and fronting up, um, which which may be needed. So I'm just really excited to see how it goes. And you know, I guess at Weymouth on on Saturday, it'll be interesting to see who's the who who are the loud ones in the, on the sort of uh, on the touchline. Yeah, I, I I largely agree, and I'm. You know, I always have the same approach to new managers, regardless who takes over, whether exciting or damp squibs or whatever, then that's, you've got to give him the chance. Clean slate. Um, doesn't matter what he did at Bristol Rovers. You know, it doesn't look good, but we're not Bristol Rovers and we're not that, they're not going to be the same players. Okay, let's take some contributions from listeners. Thank you to all of those who sent me something. Apologies if it doesn't get read out. We did get a lot we'll start with kieran um lead power going is a fantastic thing and probably seven years overdue there isn't a lot to thank him for and therefore that no love is lost i'm glad milton hall gets to keep his role as he's been an important figure over the last few years clem's statement was powerful and i think we will see a big rise in community and fan engagement once the big issues are sorted The fact that he will have an advisory board as well brings confidence, knows the trust will hold him into account and seems that he's willing to be transparent. And he promises things that aren't too big. No Premier League in five years, no timescales on things that are impossible, keeping it simple and real. 50-50 ground ownership and sustainable championship club, which is realistic and what we all want. It's looking good, but it will take time. Max says, I'm just so relieved and happy that we have our club back. No matter what happens next season, there's obviously a clear vision and a plan for the club. Also a big fan of Clem wanting to be number one in fan engagement for next season. Going to be a key to getting everyone back inside. Jack says, it's almost too good to be true so far. Expecting to wake up at any moment. Mark says, pleased it's all coming together and that Clem acknowledges the roles that Steve Mildenhall and Lee Peacock both played in the last few weeks. Let's hope the recruitment is just as quick. I do have a feeling that some of the lads who played last night against Supermarine will be announced in the coming days. Swindon Rich says, Powers exit and Morfuni's arrival are the most important things. Hopefully Garner works out as head coach. How previous jobs have gone don't always count for much as we've seen here before. Luke says, for me, the rationale behind the appointments was such a refreshing thing to hear, all in keeping with the Swindon DNA of developing young players. Hopefully get some experienced players who are keen to help develop those younger players. Adam says, one can only assume that these appointments have been in the pipeline for quite some time. Am I being greedy in hoping the same might apply to incoming players? I think you might be right there. Craig says, it's a great day. I feel slightly concerned about Garner, but we'll definitely be getting right behind him and the team. Feels like a great weight has been lifted from our shoulders. Chris says, Clem's letter to the fans is everything we've been asking for. Appreciate that he wants us to hold him to account. Behind the new regime, 110%. That's impossible. Can't wait to get back to the county ground and put my money back into the club. Powerhouse Beef says there is a clear vision. 
This is tremendous news. I know the previous record of management isn't great at all, but if he takes the experience of Rovers to this job and Ben takes the rest of the jobs off him, then this can only be good for us. We all need to give the new staff a chance. Garner will be head coach and not a manager. He has so much experience and has cut his teeth under some very good and experienced managers. With the positivity and support that's around at the moment, let's get the county ground rocking and get the feel-good factor back. Paul D says, sensible, informative, professional communication with fans, a management team in place, a plan for moving forward. I mean, I don't know. It's not very Swindon Town, is it? No, it doesn't feel that way, does it, in that respect? Nathan says, after everything, I'm just relieved, aren't we all, Nathan? Nemo says, I think that's probably the definition of hitting the ground running, isn't it? No idea if any of the appointments will work out, but having anyone working at the club is a bloody good start. And there seems to be a plan behind it. Best of luck to them all. SN1 Robin says, I loved his statement. Seems so genuine and personal. No legal jargon. No pointless cliches. Just real emotional content. Lovely. We'll end with a couple from the contributors. So one more, Dave says whelmed by the management decision completely agree it's the correct long-term approach but is a gamble asking an unproven head coach to step in to this dumpster fire of a situation generally though been a decent few days and finally joe says very intrigued garner is a head coach rather than a manager with experienced assistants and a hands-on director of football clearly defined roles from the off Glad to see Mildenhall and Peacock acknowledged for their efforts. Next stop is to see what they get in or through the door. So there we go. I mean, isn't it nice, Terry, just to have positivity in a pod? Listen to look, listen to those fans' reactions. Just lovely. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And, you know, it's going to be such an exciting fortnight now. The club's basically got to do four or five months of prep work for a season in two weeks. And... There is, I was, you know, I've said in previous pods and I've I've chatted off mic about this as well. If any football club right now that has great engagement with their fans, has dealt with their fans fairly on season ticket refunds, et cetera, et cetera, there's going to be a huge boon. There's going to be a huge boon of enthusiasm and full houses and big away followings and just massive excitement to get back to football. And we were so close to missing out on that, which would have just been devastating. But now we can all just jump in and, and, and enjoy it in the same way that all of our friends who support other clubs are going to do. And yeah, I mean, that, that's that's ultimately the best bit about this, right? It means that in two weeks' time, we can we can all go and watch football and, and, and care about what's happening on that uh, on the pitch rather than anything else. And, and that, that's all we want to do, isn't it? So yeah, what an exciting couple of weeks it's going to be. Can't wait. Dan, I, I don't know what we're going to do with the pods because I, I half expect, you know, smatterings of players coming in on a daily basis for a while. But I think what the last 24 hours has done, and it's been a huge success is there's, there's, a, there's no fear of Scunthorpe away now, regardless. We still, we still are the weakest team in the football league right now because we just don't have the depth, but 
there just doesn't feel any sort of, it doesn't feel like we're dragging ourselves to the next day support in Swindon Town. It, it, it really has lifted. And because Clem Mulfooney in 24 hours has done a lot more than Lee Powell was able to do in terms of fan engagement in the last, in, in seven, eight years. Oh, absolutely. Um, we're a fickle bunch, aren't we, football fans? Even <laughs> rewind to January when, you know, we brought in the centre-half from QPR and uh, we got a really good goalkeeper in from Bournemouth and you're thinking, here we go, right, if we just had a striker and then, you know, we might stay up comfortably. Um, and that was in one of the biggest car crash seasons we've ever had. Um, so, no, we are only two or three statement signings away from thinking, hey, yeah. Here we go. Add a couple of uh, youthful prospects in the mix, a couple of ex-Reading players from your, your Scott Marshall connection, etc., etc. Now, you you sound a bit dismissive of, of the chance of Anthony Grant joining Rich, and you probably know more than me, but I, I think that would be extremely popular if you were looking to get a, an old head amongst some of the young young lads. Um, you know, you're not going to get more experience than that in League Two. But you know, I, I've I've been scribbling away while we've been chatting as well, and actually, you've got you've got a back four right now for that opening day at Scunthorpe. Rob Hunt, Andalou, Audrey Conroy, so possibly grounds too, um, depending on whether that contract trigger happens. It's not quite as gloomy as uh, as perhaps um, you know people could make it. I think there will be signings in the next week, um, and hopefully they will have a. Ben Chorley, um, Ben Garner stamp on them. It'd be nice to start hearing some of their managerial quotes on, you know, why they were keen to sign that player and why we should be excited about it. Who knows? We might even get a, a decent home friendly lined up. I hope we do. So it'd be really nice to, you know, get back in the county ground before the fourteenth of August and see some of these, some of these new players. I think that would, you know, add to that groundswell of, of good feeling. Um, I think the yeah. Peterborough, um, I think the Peterborough split side. I don't even though Google says otherwise. I think that's still going ahead. Okay, well, if it is, then um, not entirely bothered who we're playing. Um, <laughs> you know, you don't have to be a, a Tottenham or a Liverpool to, you know, those those friendlies are always a bit of a a farce, and they drag in all sorts who just there to watch Gareth Bale. But um, no, I think more than ever, this will be Swindon fans wanting to see. Um, see the lads, see the new lads, um, get a feel for how the manager wants to play. Um, it's obviously off the back of a year of a global pandemic as well, so you know never have we missed football like we have before. Um, down with I follow, other than those odd <laughs> Tuesday nights. Ah, <laughs> oh, lovely, Connor. You're going to Weymouth on Saturday. Looking forward to it. Yeah, can't wait. Going to bring the bucket and spade. See what I can. Rustle up on the pitch. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be um, a, a nice day. I hope. You know, I, it's really hard to know what to expect at this point because there's there's so much good feeling around the club. But like, there could be players announced before then. There could not. Um, we could be seeing some really good trialists, or maybe there's not enough time to put those kind of wheels in motion. But uh, it's a new ground for me. It's not too far to go. I can't wait. One thing I would say there, Connor. To your comment about, you know, is it too early to put wheels in motion? You know, I've been pleasantly surprised with how quickly the Ghana and uh, Chorley 
stuff's happened today. So that, that does imply there's been some, you know, forethought and planning, and hopefully that applies on the the footballer side of it as well. Oh, I'll put a, I'll put a pretty penny on the fact that they'll be well down the road with a few signings, given how quick the recruitment was for the management. I would I would more than more than sure that we'll get some scarfs overheads over the next few days. He the says, rich pull and, and guarantee. Oh no! Well, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't mean to suggest that. One, I didn't want or didn't think Anthony Grant would be back. I just think I just don't think it's the it was the grand return that people may think. I think he is literally doing a favour to the club. Gentlemen, that will do. We're back. Oh yeah. Yes, it was a good season. I think we, we deserve one. <laughs> oh, lovely. Thank you, chaps. Thank you. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Alice Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 